1: Today, our guest is Michael Blanc. Thanks for being on the show, Michael. Hey, it's really great to be here, Whitney. Yeah, I'm so pleased to have Michael. I had the pleasure of meeting him. At his his live event just last weekend in Northern Virginia. Um, Michael's a, a author, entrepreneur, blogger. He's the host of the Apartment Building Investing podcast, which I highly recommend. I've learned a lot from his podcast. And uh, uh, Michael's on a mission to help people become financially free with real estate, and and he's he's coaching many people in this business, and and just doing a fantastic job. and and uh, I'm excited to have him on the show, uh, Michael. Would you tell us, you know, just get just to get started, tell us a little about your background, how you got into real estate, and then specifically the syndication business.
0: Yeah, so you know, my background is very similar to a lot of people. I wasn't never surrounded by any kind of entrepreneurs at all. I was taught to go, you know, go to school, get good grades, which I did, get a good job. I got a computer computer science, and when I got out, I was a programmer. And uh, wasn't very good at it, but you know it was it was well paid. That's kind of you know what I, that's why I did that. And then and then uh, I got into a startup uh, company called Web Methods. and in March of 2000 we went public. And at the point it was uh, the most successful software IPO in, in history, and put a bunch of money in my pocket, which was fantastic. And then I coasted along a little bit. Uh, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and then in 2004, and it just completely like uprooted my thinking around. My financial career and and professional career, so I decided to throw it all out the window and quit my job and and pursued financial freedom. And because I had some money, I was I decided to do it all. Like I became a student of like you know every possible financial freedom tool I could think of. So I started flipping houses a little bit. I, uh, I took some, some took some classes on trading stocks and options. I took an apartment building class. And but my big idea was to get into the restaurant business, Whitney. This was my big idea because because I was surrounded by a bunch of uh, burger franchisees and they were crushing it, you know, and they were like, oh, it takes this much to open it. You hire this guy. They're going to run everything and you just sit back and count your passive income. I'm like, that's perfect. That's my cash flow business. So I decided to go all in. And I went and I signed... It wasn't a, a pizza franchise. It was a pizza franchise I signed up for at the time. And I did exactly that. I hired a very experienced guy who would run multiple restaurants. And I actually was in a state of semi-retirement for about 4 or 5 years. Um, and, uh, and then the recession hit and uh, kind of changed things for me. And it be- became so bad that I had, to, <clears throat> I had to basically sell these restaurants. And long story short, I ended up losing my software IPO millions in the restaurant experiment and clawed my way out of it with uh, real estate. But like so many people thinking real estate investing, they're thinking flipping. So I decided to flip houses and I didn't have any of my own money anymore. Um, this, they were all tied up in the restaurant. So I had to raise the money. So I had to get into that. And I also got into an apartment building. And after a while, and the problem is I was making money on the house flipping side, but, um, but it was a lot of work. I mean, I created like another rat race for me. We were doing buying two houses a month. So it was a pretty big operation. We had deployed about a million dollars at one point. And um, meanwhile, his apartment building just send, kept sending me mailbox money. It was kind of boring, actually. But after a while, I was like, man, I need to maybe do a little bit more of that and a little bit less of this. You know. And that's kind of when I started shifting uh, into multifamily and I started blogging about it. People were interested in, in how to raise money and, and how I put these deals together. And it kind of just evolved from there. So today we have a, f- a fairly large training platform. Like you mentioned, we have online courses. We have free resources. We have coaching. We have a podcast. And we also have this deal desk where we uh, partner people with people and they bring us our deals. So it's, it's a very exciting times. And it kind of just started, you know, started small, like so many things and kind of went from there.
1: That's awesome. I, I hear similar stories, but, you know, I, I'd like to go back to a couple of points that you talked about. And, and uh, you know, because I, I can relate to being told to, you know, go to school or, you know, my wife and I both talk, get, a, get a good job, you know, in the, the safe way. Right. You know, that's too risky to. To do any kind of you know anything outside of outside of that really. So what kind of you know questioning maybe did you receive maybe from family and friends? You know, well, well wait a minute, Michael. You know you're you got this great job, right? You know, uh, good income. You're going to leave that, you know, and going to go do this other thing. You know, so how did you handle that at that time?
0: Well, it was very disconcerting actually, and and it's it's bad enough when it's from your you know your your best friends, and it's it's even worse when it's from your your family, right? And that was just very disconcerting and I had not really set up a support group. I was kind of a lone ranger a little bit and I, I had these ideas in my head. I had rich dad, poor dad, really knew this is the way I wanted to go. And, and I was not surrounded by anyone who thought this was a great idea at all. So that's something I did not do very well. I think uh, in, in hindsight, you know, having someone to tell you that's going to happen, it was very disconcerting actually. And I, mean, I even had some, com- some conversations at the conferences there where people were like, man, I'm so excited about this, but man, my family and my friends are not on board. And, you know, come to the realization that not that you shouldn't stop, you shouldn't talk to them anymore, but you need to kind of encapsulate them and, and keep them where they are. You know, they're friends and family and you still love them and you, you, whatever you go to Thanksgiving meals with them, but you don't listen to them for any kind of business or financial advice. Maybe. And you go out and find people who either have done what you have done in a more mentorship role, or at least a peer group of people who want to do what you want to do. And then things start clicking a lot, a lot better.
1: So how, how did you surround yourself then with people that are that are out doing it and, you know, that could help keep you motivated and focused and, you know, be encouraging, right? Uh, you know, h- how did you do that at that time? Or did you?
0: I didn't. Uh, in the restaurant thing, I didn't. That was one of my major mistakes. I, I didn't have a peer group, but I didn't have a mentor at all. And, and I think uh, if if I had done that, they would have probably... Uh, warned me to slow down because I was like, "Man, I need to go in. I got all this money in the bank. And I got to deploy because otherwise, I'm not making any money." So I was just, I felt this huge urgency to deploy this money, and probably not in the way that it made any kind of sense. Um, with the real estate side, it was different though because now <laughs> I learned a few things. So I did, uh, I did sign up for a mentor for the house flipping stuff, um, and I did start surrounding myself with like minded people. Um, so. And I highly recommend that for anyone trying to do anything new, whatever it is, whether it's real estate or otherwise, it's just having a a support group around you is so critical.
1: So then you're, you know, let's talk about your first apartment deal. You know, did you syndicate that deal? I did. And I syndicated it. um, I probably didn't have to. It was really uh,
0: five friends and family of mine. Uh, But I I wanted to, I learned about it and I wanted to try it. So it was a bit, it was a bit overkill to pay $8,000, you know, for syndication, uh, for, you know, $475,000 building. Um, but that was my first syndicated, uh, syndicated deal. Yeah.
1: So I guess, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into, how did you convince family to, to invest in this deal, you know, being your first one? Um, you know, what, what did that look like?
0: Yeah. So I, I had, like I said, I, I had about a million dollars deployed on the single family houses. And I thought it would be when I, got, when I, this came across kind of a little bit by accident. Now I had done a boot camp like four years prior and I had spent about nine months really looking for deals. So I actually had, I, I was in it for a good long, long while, but then I really got out of it focused on the restaurants and then did the house flipping stuff. So when I got, came across this building, it came from one of my home wholesalers and I was like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. You know, it doesn't really, not really what I want to do right now and something I want to do down the road. And, um, and, um, yeah. And so, you know, that's how we, how we kind came, of uh, came, came across that one. And I just remember being so overwhelmed by, by the size of that building. And I thought that my investors would just come with me. And in fact, those five investors, there's only one of them who actually came across the two of them uh, to only two of them who were messing with me on the house flipping side. And the other guys uh, were kind of new, so I had to go recruit some some new money. And I thought it'd be really relatively easy, and it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Uh, in fact, I, I thought the whole house flipping thing would uh, prepare me for the for the apartment buildings, and it didn't. You would call brokers up, and they would say, "What kind of experience do you have?" "Oh, I flipped you know three dozen houses, and I'm the man." And they're like, "Yeah, but how many apartment buildings do you have?" And I'm like, "Well, none, but look at all the houses I flipped." And they're like, "Yeah, man, I'm sorry, you know, well, you know." I'll talk to you next time. Kind of like, and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, come on, are you kidding me right now? And I got like no credit for the other stuff. And so both of those things really surprised me. I thought one would definitely, you know, prepare me for the other. And that wasn't the case at all.
1: So, so why, why, why did you not just continue to grow your flipping business though? And, or, you know, really scale that I've, I've met lots of people who've, who've scaled a flipping business, you know, to a really large degree, and so why did you decide to go to apartments instead of just growing that business? I studied
0: that a little bit. And, and you're right, we could have done it. And we did have all the systems in place. Uh, you know, I, I was buying houses site on scene, I had a network of real estate agents, I had someone helping with the closing, I had a contractor uh, who I really liked. But um, so I thought about it. But one the business itself didn't appeal to me, because I didn't like the fact that you, you once you sold a house, there was no money money coming from that house anymore. Like that's something that didn't sit right with me. So I thought, well, maybe I'll build up a rental business. So instead of selling them, I'll just hold them. And that would have worked, except that if I wanted to generate $10,000 per month in income, I would have had to have around in my calculation, about 50 houses that I would have had to buy. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just got done buying 36 of them. That's, that was a lot of work. And now I need to manage the whole lot and I can use a property manager, but they're kind of spread out. It would be kind of expensive to do. And the whole thing seemed like a giant pain in the butt to me. Like uh and, and even sometimes when I talk to house flippers today, and by the way, you know, a lot of them that build rental portfolios also create a proper management company because it makes a lot of sense. And it's like, man, I do not want to create a management company like that. That's, you know, so I had, I thought about that. Meanwhile, I was like, well, you know, instead of the single family house stuff, why don't I just buy more of these 12 units or 20 units or something apartment buildings and a very, very few transactions, and I get to the same same goal, but faster. I was like, man, that really. And I can put a professional manager in there, and I can get unlimited financing for it. And the whole just if I just put them together on a, on a sheet of paper, pros and cons. I was like, man, the multifamily stuff wins hands down. So that's kind of when I decided to shift away from that.
1: So, so you you went into the apartments. You're focused on apartments. You know, is is apartments the? I mean, the asset class that you are completely focused on. Do you do you think you'll do other asset classes, self storage, or anything else? Uh, never say never. I mean, right now I'm, I'm focused
0: on multifamily. I'm the kind of a multifamily guy right now. Um, on the equity side of piece, I, I may consider, I may consider I, I, you know, you, so, sometimes when you're looking for something specific, you come across an opportunity that you're not directly looking for. And sometimes you do have to be open to that. And, and, and then this is in, this is in, in sharp contrast to, to what I call shiny objectitis as well. So you got to be careful of that, that you don't jump in everything that, you know, looks shiny and, and good. Uh, but sometimes I think you have to be flexible, especially in an environment and real estate is very cyclical, right? So certain things work for a period of time and then they stop working. And if you are really set on a particular criteria or, or asset class or asset type and you're, you're not flexible, it makes it more difficult for you to do, to do deals. So sometimes, um, and you got to be intentional about this, but sometimes it helps to be flexible and opportunistic.
1: So, you know, coaching so many people, you know, in this business that are just getting started, coming from similar backgrounds as far as, you know, being uh, with a W-2 W two W two position somewhere and, and experiencing the same uh, resistance that, that you and many people have with family, friends and, and naysayers, I like to call it. Um, you know, what advice do you get? Would you give somebody that's listening right now that says, you know, it's kind of in those shoes? I really want to be an entrepreneur. Or I really want to get into real estate. Uh, but I've, I, you know, I don't. I have never owned any rental property, but but I want to make it happen. You know, what's some first steps to to help them get started?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think we talk about the conference that the the word keeps coming back to me is clarity. People really need to be clear about what they want, um, and they they and they have to be clear about it on several levels. Number one, you have to be clear about their what they want in life and what their current life is. So in other words, if if their life is is unacceptable to them in the way they are. Um, they, they're they very clear about that. And, and and so it also drives, it motivates people where they can't be in the same place they are this time next year. Like if the thought of that is so um, unbelievably unacceptable, it's gonna drive that person uh, and motivate them very, very highly. The second level of clarity is with regards to the strategy. So what you want in life, you gotta do something about that. And it could be a variety of things. It, I mean, it could be house flipping. I'm not saying house flipping is not for, for you. It could be self-storage, right? Um, there's multiple ways to achieve the same goal. And the second level of clarity is really to be what, what vehicle I'm gonna, am I going to use to get there? Right. And, and this is where, um, you know, especially, you know, looking at a variety of things and what resonates with you, what kind of investment vehicle resonates with you, and does it really lend itself to a lifestyle you want? For example, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, people think when they're in their W 2 job, they think that becoming a real estate investor is their ticket out, when in fact it's not. I thought so too. And so I'm flipping these old houses and I just created my own rat race and i didn 't want that, but I, I was a real estate investor full time but but man i, I couldn 't you know go on vacation for a week or two or whenever I wanted to, and so all of a sudden I realized that 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 vehicle didn 't actually suit my, what my i wasn 't clear about what I wanted. I thought I wanted to be a real estate investor, but i didn 't really know what that meant what that really meant so being clear about the vehicle and, and in some extent uh, having an open mind with the to multifamily because of the issue with multifamily specifically is that most people think it's an advanced strategy that they might be able to graduate to in 10 years. So let me let me let me buy a house a year, get some experience and I'll take the cash from that and I'll roll into into apartment buildings. And you don't have to do any of that. And and so uh, keeping an open mind to the possibility that you know what, you can get started with multifamily right now. I don't have to spend 5 or 10 years doing single family house investing. I can do it right now and having an open mind and educating yourself around that and then really becoming clear about your vehicle that you're in. I think that's the other level of clarity that is required. And once you become clear on those two things, uh, you have no other option than taking action. Like there's, it will be incongruent. Whitney, if you said, hey, I can't be in this position this time next year and you don't take action, something is, is incongruent. You just lied to yourself and me in the process, right? And and you and therefore you weren't actually clear about what you, what you wanted. But if you were clear, it would propel you to action, right? Because you couldn't, it was so clear in your mind that you can't be in the same place this time next year.
1: So you have no other option, but to take, take, take action. So help us, help us take action. Okay. So, you know, we've, we've, you know, also I wanted to go back to, there was a slide that, you know, in a quote that you mentioned at the conference about clarity equals power. And I think it was something about, I think you said, uh, uh the, the one who makes the decision will be successful. You know, uh it's just uh Tony Robbins quote here. There you go. It's in your mom- moments of decision
0: <laughs> that your destiny is shaped, right? so your moments of a decision that your destiny is shaped. And I think I think this is a Tony Robbins quote. Um, and that is that is that is exactly that is it. That's that's so powerful. It's in the decision that that sets everything else in motion.
1: Yeah, I really like that. And um mm-hmm. So help us to start taking action. So, you know, that person who really doesn't know where to start. Okay, we're ready to do this. We're motivated. We've made the decision, you know, to to do apartments. We're focused on apartments. That's going to be our vehicle. Uh, you know, what's some action, some actionable steps that we need to start to take? Yeah, the next step is once. So in order to get
0: clarity around that, what I what I recommend people is that they read my book. Uh, they go to my website. And look at all the free material. And there's other people's websites, so all bigger pockets out there. And just, just consume all of the free information that's out there. And, and that helps you to create clarity. Hey, is this, is this kind of business for me? Is this something that, that, you know, that, I, that I think I can do? And once you've decided multifamily, then the next logical step is you got to educate yourself. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not rocket science, but you have to use the right words. You have to know how to analyze deals. And these are, again, things you can learn in like 30 days or less. Like These are not, like, it does not, does not take years. But the next thing is to invest in yourself. And, you know, we have, we have an online course, we have a coaching program, but there's others out there as well. You know, find someone that you resonate with and then just go start going deep with them. So I think that's number one is you really got to educate yourself. Um, The other thing also is that what, what they're about to do here, the goal is to, is to basically be able to quit your job with real estate. And that might take you you know, one, two, three, four years to do. So it's a very worthwhile thing, but it's also takes, it's, it's, it's a, it's a while. It's not like a, you know, it's, it's not like you can show success in 30 days from now It's you really got to, got to work at it. Um, but one of the things that's encouraging to me is that I don't need to show you how you can accumulate a thousand units to quit your job. Because all I got to do is show you how to do your first deal. So I had this thing called the law, of the first deal. Uh, and this is, I wrote my book around the stuff because this phenomenon is so strong, so universal, I really haven't found any kind of uh, exceptions to the rule, but it says this, if you do your multi, first multifamily deal of any size, you will be financially free in three to five years. And the case studies I have in a book is actually one to two years. There's actually not very many that take longer than that. And it's because the first deal is, is, takes the longest, it's always hardest to do and tends to be the smallest. And then once a person does that first deal, they become a deal and money magnet. And, and it's not uncommon to have that second deal under contract by the time you close your first deal. And they just come to you. Brokers now, all of a sudden, word gets around that, that Whitney is buying stuff and he's closing on stuff. Well, they're going to call you. Then there's a bunch of investors who are on the fence. They're going They're going to wait to see what you do. And oh my gosh, he does a first deal. I missed the first opportunity. And all of a sudden they're starting to come to the fence and your comfort zone grows as well. So all of a sudden, whatever deal you chose, it could be a duplex or a 12 or 20, whatever it is, all of a sudden you've done that and your comfort zone now is at the next level. And so this is why the deals get progressively larger. And this is why most people replace their living expenses with just two or three deals, that's it. Uh, and then most of them keep going because they enjoy the activity. They're not spending any more time working on it because they have proper managers managing it. And they just uh, they keep working on it and keep you know growing a portfolio and on and building a legacy for their for their family, and so the point is this: you can just boil it down to one thing, which is your first deal. Just focus on your first deal, and everything else will follow.
1: So, getting that first deal, what would you say is the the hardest part? You know, of that process of getting the first deal.
0: I don't know what the single hardest part. I think a lot of people are overwhelmed by the idea, and I think it's because you know there's 121 steps to kind of get your first deal in people's minds and so a confused mind says no and and a lot of people just get overwhelmed and even even if they sign up for some kind of coach or, or or program they still feel a bit overwhelmed and the way to overcome that in my in my experience is just just do the next three things right everybody if you're trying to do anything in life you know you know the next three things you got to do right you got to read a book go to a conference call an investor whatever it is you write them down and you do them. So let's say you knock it out in a week, you cross them off your list. Great. You write the next three things down and you do that the next week and you cross those off and you keep doing that all of a sudden, you know, without thinking too much. And then you know two, two months later, you look at all your sticky notes you crossed off, you look up and you're like, holy cow, I've done a lot of stuff. And this is how we take, and I don't really like the word massive action. I call it tiny action. This is how we take tiny action each and every day, because if we take massive action, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed right now, I'm, I'm not even gonna try, all right? But if I take tiny action, if I do the next three things every day, I can get my head around that. And just don't even think about, you know, four to 121, just think about the next three and just do those.
1: I really like that. As, as you talk, I've never heard somebody talk about taking tiny action, you know, as far as the massive action you hear often, but it makes sense that you get overwhelmed and then you, you kind of quit or you, you just, you get scared of it right?
0: you never, or worse, you never get started. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's the most thing. Cause once
1: you do get started,
0: uh, you know, it, with our students, we get into a pattern of 60 days. All we do is activity. So we just do the activity without regard to outcome or results. And it, because you want to build up new, new patterns. So taking tiny action every single day and tracking it uh, is a very powerful thing because then you now have built new habits and, uh, and now it's,
1: yeah, it, it, you, now you're in this, in this mode of, of taking action and you're, you're good to go. So, Michael, uh, tell us uh, before we have to go. But tell us the number one thing that's contributed to your success. Whew! Number one thing. I, I will go back to clarity.
0: I, I'm. I'm. Uh, clarity is is so powerful because I remember um, when I wasn't clear about things, I just got unclear yeah, results. Um, I and versus being very clear about things uh, really resulted in much. Clarity really is is power. It really is. It's it it really allows you to to function. I think, I think, um, also combining clarity with a sense of mission or purpose. Um, so, you know, my, with the restaurants, my motivation really was money. I was, I just wanted to find freedom. I want enough money coming in so I could do whatever I wanted. kind of very self-serving. Um, and with, with regards to the real estate stuff, when I started blogging, it was a different, I, I was in a different place at that point because I just wanted to share, I wanted to help other people prevent the mistakes I made and, and, and get there faster. It had taken me like, you know, I was in a state of semi-retirement like two or three times, lost it again. I was like, man, you know, maybe there's a more direct route. So really wrapping a clarity with a mission is very, very powerful.
1: So it lost it two or three times and then come back. I, it's it's impressive. You know, it's. I mean, how would you stay motivated to do it, uh, you know, to try again? Let's do it again. Even, you know, I can imagine, you know, family too, you know, wife or kids you know it's like how do we stay on board you know and just keep motivated to to do it again after we've lost it a second time or or whatever
0: yeah that's a, that's a good question i mean i don't know maybe i'm I'm wired that day uh, th- that way i just i just kind of i just i just keep i just keep going i think having a support group my wife actually was surprisingly supportive throughout it all <laughs> um and uh i think that's that's really key and 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 like don't get me wrong i mean there were some pretty down days and you know when you're when you're when you're so you know Paralyzed with fear that you don't want to do anything. That's like the worst feeling at all. Uh, and I've never suffered from depression, but I think that's probably how depression might be, where you just don't want to get out of bed at all. And man, that's that's scary because things are happening around you, and you're like, man, I, I just want to stay in bed today. I, I, I you know, and that's that's terrible. Uh, I've had that a, f- a few times, and uh, you just got to keep getting up. You got to keep get, getting up, and because and, the alternative is to give up and what, and that, and you know that's no fun either. <laughs> got to dash yourself off and keep keep going. Life's an adventure that way. So
1: Michael, how can the listeners get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, um, my website is themichaelblank.com. That's T-H-E, Michael, B-L-A-N-K.com. Or just Google apartment building investing. I should be on, on page one of Google there. And, and just look at, uh, watch this, you know, look at my YouTube video or podcast or blog articles and, uh, and see if multifamilies investing is for you. We also then have paid online training and, uh, and coaching. And then the book is called Financial Freedom, with real estate investing. And that's available on Amazon, bright yellow
1: cover. Awesome! And what's, what's you know, the, the book, as far as when we get the book, what's the biggest thing that we want to, we're going to be focused on in your book? Biggest thing is
0: probably the first deal, law of the first deal. Why, you know, the, what it looks like, why it works and how you can use it to become financially free.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Michael, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate your time today and, and I appreciate the listeners uh, being on today and, and hearing Michael and his story. And and I want to invite you to come back tomorrow and Michael's going to help us uh, to get our first deal. And so we're, we're going to continue the conversation tomorrow. So we will talk to each of you tomorrow and on the Facebook group. I hope you'll be there so you can interact with, with experts like Michael and we can grow our business together. Awesome. Great to be on the show, Whitney. Thank you so much.